Today we're going to hear from CCS Head Custodian Dan Johnson. So, as uh, Pastor Mark said, my name's Dan Johnson. I'm the janitor here at the school. Let me get uh, my notes together real quick. Uh, so, uh, I'm the janitor here at the school. I also have a little lawn care business called Just Cutting Up Lawn Care. And uh, before that, I worked at Honda for 35 years. And I wanted to talk to you a little bit today about learning. And uh, we have a lot of good teachers here at Calvary, and they basically use four different styles of teaching. One is uh, visual, then auditory, the third one's reading and writing, and the fourth one's called kinesthetics. And that's hands-on learning. And you know what's the, most, the best way to learn? It's whatever works best for you. And the important thing is that we keep learning. And the most important thing for us to learn is about God's love for us and the relationship that he wants us to have with him. Uh, John 17:9 says, And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ whom you've sent. So knowing him is eternal life. And then Philippians 3:10 says, That I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being conformed to his death. So there's power in knowing Christ and... Uh, the power of his resurrection. So one form of learning that fits into the hands-on category is learning from our mistakes. And the Bible's filled with stories about mistakes people made, and God put those in his word so that we could learn from them and not make the same mistakes. So what I wanted to do today was share with you some of the mistakes that I've made and hoping that uh, you won't make the same mistakes that I did. So let's see. Uh, and I didn't become a Christian until I was 20 years old, so some of these mistakes that I'll be sharing with you today were things that I did before I was a Christian. Some of them were th mistakes that I made after I was a Christian, and when I use the word mistakes, sometimes it's just some way that I goofed up. Uh, sometimes it's a bad decision I made, and other times it was just plain sin, where I knew what God wanted me to do, but I chose to do what I wanted to do. So... Keep that in mind as I talk, but uh, tell you a little bit more about myself. I have uh, had a brother that was three and a half years older than me. Uh, my family was pretty poor. My dad was an alcoholic, uh, pretty abusive. My mom uh, had a lot of medical issues. She wasn't able to work. And uh, my parents divorced when I was two years old. And uh, so mom tried to take care of my brother and I as best she could, and uh, when I was five, my mom took my dad to court for child support, and uh, he said, I'm not going to pay any, he said, I don't have any money, I'm not going to, I'm not going to pay child support, so uh, he said, put me in jail, so my dad went to jail on Friday, so my brother and I went to school, the, uh, the following Monday, and uh, so we went to school. I was in kindergarten, and back then they had half-day kindergarten. So my brother had to stay all day. I got out at noon and walked home. 
And I got home from uh, school, and uh, tried to go into the house, and the door was locked. And I knocked on the door, and I could see my mom. I could see my mom in the house, but she wouldn't come to the door. So I went to the neighbor, and I said, uh, I knocked on the door, and my mom wouldn't answer the door. I said, she's asleep on the couch. So the neighbor went over, and my mom had committed suicide. And... Uh, At that point, uh, my brother and I went to live with my aunt and uncle, and they had uh, a pretty dysfunctional home, a lot of fighting, a lot of problems and stuff. And I remember a short time after that, that uh, my mom's other sister, so my mom's sister was raising me, and my mom's other sister was there, and uh, I was walking around the house thinking about my mom having committed suicide and dying and was just sad. And my aunt said, uh, what's wrong? And I said, well, I just feel like nobody loves me. And uh, my aunt started making fun of me. And they said, uh, poor baby, nobody loves him. And I started crying. And my aunt bent over to give me a hug. And I just pushed her away. And I remember at that young age, <laughs> making a decision that I wasn't going to need anybody's love again. That I would just make it through life on my own. And uh, that set me on a bad path, a self-centered path of, I'll just take care of myself. I don't need anybody else. And uh, I'll just do what I have to do to take care of myself. So as I was preparing for this, I practiced telling this story over and over at home. Never cried once. <laughs> Didn't do so good today. But, uh, but that set me on a path of self-centeredness, just wanting to do what I wanted to do to take care of myself. And that's not a good way to live our lives. I, I got some cartoons that I wanted to share just to illustrate the different decisions that I've made. And... Uh, Joe's got those up on the screen so we can look at them. Uh, the first one says, uh, he who lives only for himself runs a very small business. It's possible to give away and become richer. It's also possible to hold on too tightly and lose everything. Yes, the liberal man shall be rich. By watering others, he waters himself. So I was just focused on myself, what I wanted. That's not what God wants. God says the most important things in life is to love him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbor as ourself. If we only live for ourselves, it's a very small business, like that uh, picture says. Uh, the next slide talks about uh, focusing on ourselves. It's all about me. I'm great, and uh, he who parades his virtue seldom leads the parade. Uh, so if we just focus on ourselves, have you guys have you guys been able to hear me okay, or am I not holding the mic good? Okay, thank you. But uh, 
Proverbs 3, 7 and 8 says, Do not be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil. It will be health to your flesh and strength to your bones. So God doesn't want us to just live for ourselves. Uh, when, you don't, when you just live for yourself, you think you don't need anybody else's help. And uh, the next little cartoon says, uh, it's talking about advice. He who needs advice most usually likes it the least. This guy's about to get into some hot water, and he won't listen to anybody else's advice. And that's where I was at in my life, just focused on myself and what I wanted and thinking that I always knew what was best. Uh, the next one is about uh, a self-made man. He who claims to be a self-made man has relieved God of an embarrassing responsibility. And that's the path that I was on my, in my life, just thinking that I could do everything on my own make my own decisions, and make my life turn out the way I wanted it to be. Uh, that's not a good path to get on. Uh, Psalms 14.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are, they are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. This man in this picture thinks he's putting his life together, but he's really making a mess out of his life. And that's what I was doing as I was seeking to live my life my own way and just do what I wanted to do. And just as foolish as thinking that we can, that there is no God is thinking that we don't need him. So Proverbs 20, or 14, 16 says, A wise man fears and departs from evil, but a fool rages and is self-confident. God doesn't want us to be self-confident. He wants us to be confident in him. The next little cartoon that I have talks about lying. And uh, it says, he who does one fault at first and lies to hide it makes two. So I'll tell you a little story about uh, a situation my brother and I got into and the lie I told to cover it up. One day, uh, well, my, I mentioned my aunt and uncle raised me. My uncle was a big, strong guy, great big arms, and pretty harsh, pretty strict. And uh, me and my brother one day, we got into an argument and we started fighting. And he grabbed me by the arm and slung me across the yard, and I landed on a broken pop bottle and cut my ankle open. And I'm bleeding all over the place, and he's like, don't tell on me, don't tell on me. And I said, I won't. So we're going in the house, and I made up a lie. And uh, I told my aunt that uh, I ran down through the yard, went to jump the fence, and tripped over the fence and fell on a broken pop bottle and cut my ankle. So she took me to the hospital, and I got stitches and stuff and come back home, and later on my uncle gets home from work, and he says, what happened? And I said, well, I was running down through the yard, jumped over a fence, tripped, landed on a broken pop bottle, and cut myself. And he said, well, let's go find that pop bottle. So we went down to where my brother and I were fighting, and sure enough, that broken pop bottle was there. And so he believed the lie, and I thought, okay, this, it's all good. We're not going to get in trouble. So went to school the next day, and... Uh, People were asking what happened. I told them the same story, ran through the yard, tripped on the fence, got cut on the pop bottle, told that story over and over. So I heal up, and a couple weeks later, uh, I go running down through the yard, and I get to that fence, and I stopped. And I was afraid to jump the fence. I jumped this fence all the time, but I was afraid to jump the fence. And the only thing I can think of was that I told that lie so many times that I started believing it. And... Uh, that might sound crazy that uh, you believe a lie that you told yourself, but it happens all the time. And there's been studies done that say if you tell a lie enough, you end up believing it as the truth. 
and the Bible backs that up. Uh, let's see if I can find my place in my notes. Uh, let's see. Oh, in 1 John 1 8, it says, If we say that we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. So it's possible for us to deceive ourselves. If, if a person tells himself long enough, there's nothing wrong with me, they start believing it. And then in Isaiah 520, it says, Woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness, who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. And to me, that sounds a lot like our world today. You know, who would have thought that uh, we would get to a place where we'd say we need to protect an eagle's egg in its nest, but it's okay to kill a, a baby in the womb? You know, somebody had to tell themselves that lie a lot of times before they started believing it. And here in our country today, we say it's okay for a man to marry another man. Uh, that's a lie that people have told themselves. An another lie, another thing, situation is uh, some people say uh, this election, there was a lot of uh, fraud. Other people say there was absolutely no uh, fraud in the election. Somebody's lying, and they've told themselves to lie enough that they believe it. And God has called us to be people of truth, people that are honest and have integrity, and not to, not to lie. In Colossians 3, 9 and 10, it says, Do not lie to one another, since you have put off the old man with his deeds, and have put on the new man, who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him. It doesn't say that we should lie less, or that we should just tell little lies. It says not to lie at all. The next picture I wanted to show talks about anger. It says, He who flies into a rage always makes a bad landing. And... Uh, this happened when I was about 12. I was a pretty little guy. Uh, when, I, when I was 16, got my driver's license, I was 4 foot 10 and 90 pounds. So when I was 12, I was even a lot smaller than that. So at that point, I decided I needed to start working out. So I uh, got a weight set and started working out a little bit. And uh, then I decided I wanted to make a sit-up board so I could do incline sit-ups. And I found this uh, two by 12 board on this cage out in the shed, and I thought, well, that'll work good. So I grabbed a hammer, and I'm pounding on this board, trying to get this board off this cage, and I'm hitting it as hard as I can, and I can't get it loose, and uh, so I'm starting to get frustrated and angry and stuff. So I grabbed that hammer with both hands, and I swing as hard as I can, and I missed the board and put the hammer right into my head. And so I got this great big egg on my head with a cut going through the middle of it, and I can tell you that day that uh, my anger made for a bad landing of that hammer on my head. And uh, one of the definitions of sin is missing the mark. Well, I missed the mark with that hammer. And with anger, uh, it doesn't always lead to sin. It, it usually does. Uh, there's a verse in, I think it's Ephesians, says, be angry and sin not. Uh, Jesus, the time when he cleansed the temple, he was angry about the wrong that he saw, and he took action. Our anger usually will lead to wrong actions, so we need to ask God to help us to control our anger and our temper and to uh, honor him with that. The next uh, little cartoon I have 
is about the tongue. It says, he who has a loose tongue may soon find himself in a tight place. Uh, story that I have with that, about this time I was in middle school, and uh, I'm walking down the hallway one day, and there is uh, this great big guy coming towards me. And uh, he bumps into me. I don't know if it was on purpose or an accident, but he bumped into me. And I did what any 70-pound weakling would do. I called him a bad name. Well, uh, he turned around and started coming after me. Fortunately for me, my best friend was standing there, and he saw the whole situation, and he said, oh, don't pay any attention to him. He's just a stupid kid. So the guy turned around and walked away from me and went back and talked with my friend. And uh, that could have turned out to be a very bad day for me. I let my tongue get me into a lot of trouble growing up, uh, th saying things that I shouldn't have said. Proverbs 21, 23 says, whoever keeps his mouth and his tongue keeps himself out of trouble. And then Proverbs 18, 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. There's a song by Hawk Nelson called Words. It says, they made me feel like a prisoner. They made me feel set free. They made me feel like a criminal made me feel like a king. They've lifted my heart to places I've never been, and they've dragged me down back to where I began. Words can build you up. Words can break you down. Start a fire in your heart or put it out. Let my words be life. Let my words be truth. I don't want to say a word unless it points the world back to you. So we need to ask God to make our words be words that honor him and that encourage other people. Uh, the next story I want to share with you uh, was when I was 16. Up to this point in my life, I'd spent most of my spare time just playing ball, fishing, uh, riding bike, stuff like that. But when I turned 16, I got a job, got my driver's license, got a car, and started making some new friends. And with these new friends, I started making some bad decisions. And uh, decisions that... Uh, could have ruined the rest of my life. But by God's grace, I survived the next three and a half years. But it doesn't work out that way for everybody. And still, there was some decisions that I made that uh, have affected me the rest of my life. And uh, we can be forgiven of bad decisions, but it doesn't mean there won't be consequences because of them. Uh, so I, I called an old friend, it was this past October, I heard he was going through a difficult time, and uh, so I called him up to see how he was doing, and uh, he told me his son had gotten involved in drugs when he was 16 years old, and uh, he had been working, trying to help him get out of drugs and to stay clean and stuff for the past nine years, and he said one time when him and his son was talking, his son said, uh, it's okay, Dad, I've got this. I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and uh, my friend said, yeah, you've got this until the one time that you don't. This past October, he went up to his son's room, and his son had overdosed on drugs and was dead. And uh, he started out when he was 16 years old and never got completely free from that. So... The decisions that we make uh, affect our lives. This little cartoon is funny. Uh, he who lies down with the dogs will get up with the fleas. But there's so much truth in that. 
who we choose to hang out with, who we choose as our friends, they're going to affect us. And uh, the verse says, be with wise men and become wise. Be with evil men and become evil. And just a lot of truth in that. Uh, remember the story of Moses. The Bible says that he was raised in Pharaoh's house. He could have had everything this world has to offer. But it says that he chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the passing pleasures of sin for a season. And there might be pleasure in sin, but there always comes a payday. You've probably heard the saying that says, sin will take you farther than you want to go, keep you longer than you want to stay, and cost you more than you want to pay. We need to ask God to help us make good friendships. Uh, And it doesn't mean that all of your friends have to be Christians, but if the friendship isn't drawing them closer to God you can be sure that the devils want to use it to draw you closer to the world. So making good friends is very important. And they say the most important decision a person will ever make is accepting Jesus Christ as their Savior. Uh, I believe the second most important decision that we'll ever make is uh, whether or not to get married, and if so, to who. And it's important that we have a good mate, uh, somebody that loves God and loves us the way God would have them to. But a mistake that I made, and I think a lot of people make, is thinking, well, if I just meet the right person, everything will be good. Uh, This verse says, uh, the man who finds a wife finds a good thing. She's a blessing to him from the Lord. And that's true. A good wife is a blessing. But more important than finding the right person is for us to be the right person. Uh, That's something that we can control. We can nurture our relationship with God and grow in our walk with him and become the person that God wants us to be, so that we'll be a good mate. And uh, that's very important. Let's see. So I I met a nice girl, started going to church, uh, wasn't hanging out with my old friends and doing the same things that I I had been doing. I started working at Honda in May of 1983. And two weeks later, I accepted Christ, and uh, God was working in my life and changing me doesn't mean that everything just became perfect all at once. Growing to be who God wants us to be is a lifetime process. Uh, I told you about making that decision that I was going to make it on my own. Well, at this point in my life, I realized I needed God and his help in my life. But my thinking still wasn't right. I remember thinking, well, now I've got God in my life, everything would turn out good. And uh, we all want our lives to be good. But I read a quote this maybe a month or so ago, and I really liked it. It said this, uh, life is not about us using God for our purposes. It's about letting him use us for his purposes. So life is not about us using God for our purposes. It's about letting him use us for his purposes. And uh, remember, it's a lifetime process. Philippians 1.6 says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. God will never stop working on our lives. That doesn't mean that we can just sit down on a recliner and say, okay, God, you're, you're going to finish what you began in my life, so I'm going to watch TV and play video games while you do it. God wants us to be actively doing the things that he's called us to do, reading his word and uh, being obedient to what he's called for us to do. Uh, There may not be anything wrong with watching TV and video games, but there's only so much time in a day. 
Our next little cartoon says, he who stares at the clock watches time pass. And Psalms 90:12, teach us to number our days and re recognize how few they are. Help us to spend them as we should. So making good use of our time is very important. The next little cartoon uh, shows a guy. says, uh, he who rises late must trot all day and shall scarce overtake his business at night. So a little story with that. You know, I said I worked at Honda for 35 years. The last 32 years, I had perfect attendance. I'd get up at, 40, at 4.45 every morning, have my devotions, uh, get ready for work, and go off to work. And sometimes I would oversleep. And my wife and I had the routine down. If I overslept, she would uh, help me get ready so I could get to work on time. So one morning, I'd overslept quite a bit. And I said, hey, I'm late. Can you help me get ready? So she said, uh, what do you want me to do? I said, just give me a glass of milk. I'm running late. So uh, she gets me a glass of milk. I jump in my clothes and take off, head out the door. And I get out on the back porch. And uh, I stopped and took a quick drink of the milk. And the glass was only half full. So I stopped and I turned around and went back in the house. And I said, babe, when I ask for a glass of milk, I want a full glass of milk. So she filled the glass all the way up. And uh, I headed back out the door real quick, went out the back porch, got out in the driveway, stepped on a patch of ice, fell flat on my back, and poured a full glass of milk right down the front of my shirt. Well, I'm running late for work. I don't have time to change my clothes. And so I have to go into work wearing those clothes. Wore that shirt all day at work. And I can tell you from experience that if we don't use our time wisely, it can make for a stinking day. So God wants us to use our time wisely and to honor him with our lives with that. Proverbs 24, uh, 30 says, uh, 33 says, A little sleep, a little slumber, a little folding of the hands to rest. So shall your poverty come like a prowler and your need like an armed man. I like the way the Message Bible says that. It says, uh, a nap here, a nap there, a day off here, a day off there. Kick back, take it easy. Do you know what comes next? Just this. You can look forward to a dirt poor life with poverty as your permanent house guest. So we need to ask God to help us to make good use of our time. I like the lyrics from a song. I'll finish with this uh, by Mercy Me. It's called Dear Younger Me. It says, Dear Younger Me, I cannot decide. Do I give some speech about how to get the most out of your life, or do I go deep and try to change the choices that you'll make because they're the choices that made me? Even though I love this crazy life, sometimes I wish it was a smoother ride, dear younger me. So some of the decisions that I've shared with you today has made for bumpy times in my life, and it's my prayer for you guys that you wouldn't make the same mistakes and that uh, God would use you. He has a plan for your life, things that he wants you to do. And I just pray that uh, you would allow him to do that work in your lives. So thank you for listening today. Hope you have a, have a good rest of your day. God bless you.